0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. History was made at the Golden Globe Awards this week.
1: And the Golden Globe goes to...
2: Lily Gladstone!
0: Blackfeet actor Lily Gladstone is the first Native American actor to win the award for Best Actress. Her win and inspiring acceptance speech touched off a celebration by Native and non-Native fans alike. We'll get perspective on what the Landmark Achievement means for Native recognition in Hollywood. coming up after the news.
3: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The flags of two tribal governments are being placed in the South Dakota Capitol Rotunda Wednesday. Governor Kristi Noem announced a ceremony to display two tribal flags during her annual State of the State Address Tuesday. South Dakota Public Broadcasting's Lee Strubinger has more.
4: Three years ago, Governor Noem signed a bill to allow any of the tribes residing in the state's borders to display their respective flags in a prominent spot in the state capitol.
5: We will hang the first of those flags, the flags of Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and the Rosebud Sioux Tribe. Our tribes are part of who we are as South Dakotans.
4: Efforts to display tribal flags in the Capitol Rotunda have been years in the making. It goes back to before the governor signed the legislation into the law. In 2019, Governor Nome announced a plan to permanently display tribal flags in the Capitol. Several tribes refused when, a few days later, the Republican governor introduced a package of bills to protect construction of the Keystone XL pipeline through the state. The legislative package came after the deadline to introduce bills had passed. The laws were challenged in court, and state lawmakers passed a pared-down version of the bills a year later. The permit for the tar sands crude oil pipeline was rescinded in 2021 by the Biden administration, but the effort to display tribal flags lives on. Democratic State Senator Sean Bordeaux is Xichangu Lakota from Rosebud. He's introduced several bills to display tribal flags in the Capitol Rotunda. Now, it's finally happening.
0: Which I'm excited about because when I originally did the thing, there was an argument about whether we could put them in the Rotunda or not. They said that there's a Capitol Commission and they would decide where on campus it would be. And I said, I don't want them hidden from somewhere. I want them you know, uh, in a premier space where everybody can appreciate that the nine sovereign tribes of the state are welcome here and are one with the state and uh, that we, this is our capital too.
4: It's unclear when the other seven tribes will agree to display their flags in the state capital. For National Native News, I'm Lee Strubinger and Pierre.
3: The State of Tribes Address takes place Wednesday at the South Dakota Legislature. A tribal leader delivers the annual speech before state lawmakers, laying out tribal priorities. Navajo Nation President Boo Nygren delivered his State of the Nation address Tuesday in Window Rock, Arizona. The event was touted as the first time the annual speech was given before Navajo people before being given to the Tribal Council. Nygren spoke for more than an hour in both Navajo and English, highlighting what he says were accomplishments during his first year in office, including in areas of economic development, job creation, and improving housing. More than 2,000 people were said to attend the event, which was also broadcast on the radio and stream online. Wednesday marks the one-year anniversary of his administration. Thousands of pages from historical newspapers near and on tribal nations in Montana are now available and searchable online through the Library of Congress. Yellowstone Public Radio's Kayla DeRoche reports the Montana Historical Society recently finished a two-year project where they archived more than 100,000 newspaper pages dating back to the early 1900s. Library manager Dan Corrales says those include, for the first time, pages from the communities of Browning on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation, Harlem by Fort Belknap, Hot Springs on the Flathead Indian Reservation, and Poplar on the Fort Peck Indian Reservation.
6: Newspapers that might have more Native news, might have more coverage of tribes,
7: and then those towns were also just kind of underrepresented in terms of our digital holdings.
3: The Montana Historical Society received $263,000 from the Library of Congress and the National Endowment for the Humanities for the project. The new additions are on the Library of Congress website. For National Native News, I'm Kayla DeRoche. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
0: National Native News is produced by Kewanik Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
8: Support by Drummond Woodsum, a full-service law firm whose nationally recognized tribal nations practice provides services to tribal nations and their enterprises, and to companies that do business with tribes across the country. More at dwmlaw.com support by the Intertribal Agriculture Council. Native producers have historically faced discrimination by USDA programs. You may be eligible for the USDA Discrimination Financial Assistance Program. Application deadline is January 13th at indianag.org.
0: Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Blackfeet actor Lily Gladstone made history this week as the first Native American to win a Golden Globe for Best Actress. Her acceptance speech in front of the entertainment industry's most accomplished actors and millions of TV viewers sent a wave of inspiration across the country. It began with her speaking the Blackfeet language.
1: Okay next Okoeks net anderkoop itaki I love everyone in this room right now thank you Um I I don't have words I um I just spoke a bit of blackfeet language a beautiful community, nation that raised me, that encouraged me to keep going, keep doing this. Um, I'm here with my mom, (laughs) who, um, even though she's not Blackfeet, worked tirelessly to get our language into our classroom. So I had a Blackfeet language teacher growing up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Iks agape to Edward Northpagan. this award belongs to, and it's—I I hope I don't get counted down too fast because this is an historic one. Um, I'm so grateful that I can speak even a little bit of my language, which I'm not fluent in up here, because in this business, um, native actors used to speak their lines in English, and then the sound mixers would run them backwards to accomplish native languages on camera. Um, this is an historic win. It doesn't belong to just me. I'm holding it right now. I'm holding it with all of my beautiful sisters and the film at this table over here and my mother, Tansu Cardinal, standing on all of your shoulders. Um, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Bob. You, um, you are all changing things. Thank you for being such allies. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Chief Standing Bear and big old way we nod to Wajajay uh, Osage Nation. This um, Thank you to all of you. And this is for every little res kid, every little urban kid, every little native kid out there who has a dream, who is seeing themselves represented and our stories told by ourselves in our own words um, with tremendous allies. and. Uh, Tremendous trust from, with, and from each other. So thank you all so much.
0: Today, we're hearing from some of those who connect with Gladstone's accomplishment. We also talk with people who were part of her early acting work. Did you watch the Golden Globe Awards earlier this week? What was your reaction when Lily Gladstone won Best Actress? Do you think she'll win the Oscar too? We want to hear your reactions today. Call us 1 800 996 2848. That's also 1 800 99Native. Phone lines are now open. Speaking from Mill Creek, Washington, we have Nicole Suyama. She's the artistic director for Red Eagle Soaring. She's Inupiaq. Hi, Nicole, and welcome.
9: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Nativia Cole is speaking with us in Seattle, Washington. She is Yupik, Taino, and Adopted Crow. She's a student at Northwest Indian College and also a participant in the Red Eagle Soaring Program. Hello, Nativia. How are you today?
10: Hi, I'm great.
0: Good. Good to hear it. From Missoula, Montana, we're joined by Mike Morelli. He's the Executive Director of the Missoula Children's Theater. Hello, Mike.
6: Good morning. Thanks for having me here.
0: And in Pawhuska, Oklahoma, we have Shannon shaw Duty. She's the editor of the Osage News, and she's Osage. Hi, Shannon. Great to have you back on NEC.
5: away. how are you? Thank you for having me.
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. And, Nicole, I'm going to go ahead and start with you today. And please, walk us through your reaction. Sunday night, you found out Lily Gladstone won Best Actress at the Golden Globes. Did you jump up on your couch and start fist bumping everyone in the room?
9: <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I actually wasn't watching the show, but I got the update in real time because my family was watching it. I was at a different event. And right when she uh, was, you know, they they got to her category, they FaceTimed me. And then I was getting notifications of pictures of her and messages, you know, from from everybody who was just so excited. And I was, you know, just overcome with joy. Of course, and immediately went and watched a recording of the speech. Luckily for social media that it was up immediately. <laughs> and um and you know, with my own bias, I like I know that she was talking to all native youth across Turtle Island, but my own bias, I was like, Oh, she's talking to the Red Eagle soaring kids. This, this is for them, this is for us. So it was just yeah, an overwhelming feeling of joy for her and for us.
0: Well, let's talk more about your connection and the red eagle soaring theater program's connection to lily gladstone it dates back to 2014 i believe
9: yes yeah so um back in 2014 fern renville was our executive director and she hired lily on to teach our two-week summer program called CAP um and yeah 2014 and so what that is it's, it's an intensive theater camp that runs from like 10 a.m to 4 p.m every day monday through Friday. And at the end of the two weeks, we do a performance. And so I was, I was involved as a mentor at that time. I actually grew up in the program myself as a student. And so at this time, I was like 22, I think, and I was coming back as a volunteer and mentor, and, that, and I got to watch Lily come direct a show uh, with the youth. And, uh, and she came back again, and so she did 2014, the summer program, and then she came back that fall Um, to to do another project with us and then her last project was 2015 the summer program again Um, yeah and then she also did in 2020 we were holding virtual workshops and she came on and did a free virtual workshop for any any youth that were interested and that was through the One Heart Festival um, up in Spokane and it was in partnership with Red Eagle Soaring and One Heart and yeah and she taught a, a short you know a couple hour acting workshop and Four of our youth got to be part of that. And one of those youth is Nativia Cole, who's here today. And uh, yeah, so that it's just so crazy that just a few years ago, you know, we were watching her teach us all an acting workshop. And then here she is now winning a Golden Globe. No big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay. So going back 10 years ago, Lily Gladstone's doing some teaching in your program. Nicole, in your wildest imagination, did you ever predict that here in 2024, Lily Gladstone would be an international celebrity in winning a Golden Globe?
9: I mean, I will say that Lily has kind of been famous in in country for a while right now with this win. She's to the rest of the world. She's an overnight sensation now, but to all of us, we've been seeing her and, you know, in films and, and theater for years now. So it, it didn't really surprise me, it, it, but at the same time, it was like it—it it still was a shock, you know. Like, you, like it's—it's—it's it's, it's well deserved, and it should have been. And I think I believe it was in her trajectory to begin with. I remember back in 2017, um, I drove down with Martha Bryce, who is one of our founding members of Ready Will Flooring. Who actually, she turns 90 this year. Oh my goodness! But uh, we drove down to go see Lily um, in Off the Rails at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And that was the first native written play that OSF was putting on and Lily was starring in it. So we, we drove down the eight hours to go see her. And so since 2017, I've been a fan, you know, <laughs> following her career. So, so I've, I've gotten to see her, her work up until this point. So for me, it's like, uh, no brainer. But I think, yeah, for the rest of the world, it's like, oh, my gosh, who is this now? Now, <laughs> now, everybody else gets to know about Lily.
0: That acceptance speech, and we heard it as we started off the show, she gives a shout-out to every Native urban kid, every res kid. Is that her speaking to the Red Eagle Soaring program, you think?
9: That's, I, You know, I, I really felt, felt that way um, because even, even the short time that she was with Red Eagle Soaring teaching just those, you know, uh, few programs, those alumni, all of those kids are adults now, and those alumni still talk about Lily and the impact that she had on them then. So now that she's she's reached this point of like pretty much international notoriety, um, it's now our kids now that knowing, and and all of our students currently know that lily has been working with us. We all went on a field trip to go see the movie together. Um, so they're all very aware of her. Now that they get to see where she went, you know, that, that dreams you really can achieve that. You can get there. She's a real person that we've had in our presence, right? It's not, it's not some constructed thing that, you know, everybody has their conspiracies on how Hollywood stars get famous. But she's real. She put in the work and she did it. And I think it's, yeah, just a message to all of our youth that you put it, if you put in the work, you can, you can get there. You can achieve whatever you set your mind to.
0: And, Nicole, this accomplishment, these honors that Lily Gladstone's receiving, what do you think that means for Native theater programs such as yours? Do you think this is going to help you folks going forward to, to get more young Native kids involved in theater and perhaps get more patrons involved and donors and everything it takes to just create a really successful, thriving youth theater program?
9: I think so. I think it'll definitely help. I mean, my dream is that Lily, you know, when she... Well, she has the time. I'm sure her busy is crazy now, but my dream is that she'll come back and, and maybe teach a workshop with us. We just opened up our our very own space for the first time in 30 years uh, in the heart of Seattle at the King Street station. So we have somewhere for you know anyone to come teach workshops when they can. and that's that's you know if, if Lily's coming in to teach for us or just even people knowing that Lily has in the past, I'm hoping that'll mean, other native artists in the industry will see Red Eagle soaring and be like, "Oh, wait, they've got youth that want to come do what we're doing. Let's go talk to them." So I do hope it'll it'll help in that way, and and also, yeah, with um with getting kids kids to come join the program, we right now we have a, we have a good crew of you know fourteen to twenty youth that are pretty consistent, but. Um, uh, but none of them really want to go into acting, which is totally fine. You know, we, we're, we're for all the youth, not just for those that want to do theater or movies.
0: We're going to have to take a short break here more with Nicole Suyama and our other guests as we celebrate the Golden Globe Award for actress Lily Gladstone here on Native America Calling. Institutions across the country repatriated more ancestral remains in the past year than they have in the past three decades. The investigative news outlet ProPublica attributes that to increased awareness efforts by tribes and Native-led organizations. We'll look at the good news on the repatriation front on the next Native America Calling.
8: Are you a Native American health care provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin an advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online master class in somatic archaeology uses the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach providing powerful modalities and is offered tuition free to tribal members. Registration deadline is March 1st. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show
0: you have attuned to native america calling i'm sean spruce and we are riding the wave of celebration for lily gladstone's remarkable achievement earlier this week what did her win at the golden globe say to you about native representation in hollywood are you feeling inspired give us a call 1-800-996-2848 our next guest nativia cole is an actor, a young actor, at the Red Eagle Soaring Theater Program that Nicole Suyama talked with us about earlier before the break. And, Nativia, thank you again for joining us. And tell us, inspiration, how does Lily Gladstone in this recent Golden Globe Award, how does that inspire you?
10: Yeah, thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, we are standing where Lily Gladstone once walked, and our people get to look at her and then in the mirror to let our imagination run into us standing where she is walking right now she has paved the way and carved hope into young people that may have been lost and we we can know that it doesn't stop there that we can keep going until it's our reality and for me
0: Nicole, I want to go back to you. Uh, we'll come back to Nativia here in a moment, but um, tell us a little bit more about the Red Eagle Soaring Program that Nativia participates in. Uh, who all, how, how many young people are involved in the program, and how many productions do you put on a year?
9: Um, so Red Eagle Soaring Native Youth Theater Program, um, is a, we're a nonprofit, 501c3, uh, based here in Seattle, and we serve Native youth ages 10 to 19, Um, Right now, we have kind of a a recurring crew of about 14 to 16 students that have been coming regularly for the past few years. We're always accepting new youth as well. Um, All of our program is totally free. Um, Right now, it is in person, but we do uh, plan on maybe starting up some more virtual workshops to include other youth from around the nation. But um, we usually do around three to four productions a year, it kind of depends. We do a fall film workshop where we're actually creating short films together. Um, in the winter, sometimes we'll have a few one-off workshops and then we have a big spring production and we tour that show. And then we'll do a two-week, our two-week summer program that I talked about that Lily came in to direct. Um, so yeah, so, so we have year-round programming. And again, we sometimes do one-off little things. We do partnerships. Right now we have a partnership with Seattle International Film Festival. Um, And we're doing a short film workshop with them. So, yeah, we've always got something going on. Um, Definitely check out our website, RedEagleSoaring.org, or find us on social media to to get get all the updates on upcoming programming.
0: All right. Red Eagle Soaring Theater Program. Let's go down to Mike Morelli. He is also involved with Children's Theater. He's the executive director of the Missoula Children's Theater. And Mike, uh, hearing Nicole Lily Gladstone has been involved in the Red Eagle Soaring program going back to 2014, but she actually got her first acting gig as a child with your theater, with the Missoula Children's Theater. Is it safe to assume that she's the first Golden Globe winner to come out of your program?
6: (laughs) Well, that's a great question, and I I believe that is factual uh, as a participant. It's, a, it's pretty astounding, and it, in fact, we have a tour report from when we went there, and I believe it was in 1996, that said Lily Gladstone is one to watch out for in the future. And so that's pretty exciting.
0: That really is. Now, does she keep in contact with the local theater scene there in Missoula?
6: You know, she went to the university here. She certainly has talked with folks. Last year, she was talking with uh, uh, Mariah, and who was a reporter for the Kaiman, which is our student newspaper here. She's talking with her and had a nice article there, and she does keep up with uh, people at the university, and then she's kind enough to follow us on social media. She keeps up that way with us.
0: Now, what's your main takeaway from her win and, of course, this legendary acceptance speech that she just delivered?
6: Yeah, you know, uh, every every person— finds their own voice, and, and uh, the, she, she came out with a voice that we hadn't heard in that kind of acceptance speech. It was just amazing, and it is part of the, the mission of, of our children's theater. We develop life skills in children through the performing arts, and glad to be a part of that, and I think that's part of the reason that, that it resonated so much with us. Because we're not, we're not about building stars or teaching people to act. We're about empowering people to be who they are. And so that, that was so exciting for us.
0: Well, that's, I wanted to ask you that because it, it's obviously it doesn't sound like the goal of programs like yours and Red Eagle Soaring is to create Hollywood superstars. It sounds like it's more cerebral than that. And what types of skills and behaviors can theater foster in a young child?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's all about finding your voice, being who you are, working as a team, showing up, doing the work together. You know, Lily gave a great interview and talked about uh, when she was doing our shows that one week that we're there in a community uh, in East Glacier, in this case. uh, She was the funny kid rather than just the goofy kid, right? And that's what people find. They find a sense of self when they do uh, activities like ours.
0: Let's go back to Nativia Cole with the Red Eagle Soaring Program. And Nativia, I imagine you watched Killers of the Flower Moon and, and saw Lily Gladstone's amazing performance. What did you learn from that, just watching her on screen?
10: Um, Yeah. Um, uh, for me specifically, as an Afro-Indigenous woman who wasn't on the media until like mid high school um can not only see black excellence but the rise and the continuous rise of indigenous greatness and we're often overlooked but lily gladstone said you are going to look at me and so everyone did and everyone is and um my brother all
0: right mike back to you and um Jesus this is just such a big, big accomplishment and a huge development. And of course, everybody's asking the next question: will she win the Oscar? What do you think, Mike?
6: Oh, I saw that performance. I I I think she will. She was
9: astounding.
0: Nicole, how about you? Do you think Lily's primed to win the Oscar here in March?
9: Oh yeah. I think so too. Hands down. Team Lily. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you watched the other performances uh, of the other people that that were in the running for the Golden Globe and could possibly in the running be running for for the Oscar as well? Can you can compare and contrast how Lily performed compared to those other actors?
9: Well, I, I mean it's uh, it's hard because I'm biased, right? Of course, like I think Lily was better than everyone else, <laughs> and and it's also their performances. It's hard to say because their performances are are so different. She had such a specific role. and and mission with her character to to portray. And I think she did so just so well, as opposed to, you know, I don't know what exactly the other actors, what their mission was and if they accomplished it. But I know that Lily, what Lily's mission was and she totally accomplished it. So I'm biased. She's the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike, here you are, uh, Missoula Children's Theater, and you must have a lot of kids, native kids, non-native kids, who come through your program and. Can you tell if if a young child has talent, if they just got something, some sort of quality that just kind of speaks to you and just really resonates on stage or on film or wherever they perform?
6: It's about a thousand every year. And we have these tour reports that we do and, and there are children that stand out and there are absolutely children that you look at and say, wow, I wonder what will happen. And that's why... We have this report from the 90s when Lily was very young saying, hey, she's one to watch out for. That's pretty amazing, and, and we do see that. But what we also see is that every child that participates in our programs are putting themselves out there, and they're trying something new, and they're, or maybe it's not new. Maybe it's something they love, but they're trying that, and they're all working together, and it more often than not is incredibly successful in ways that we don't measure. Right? We hear from them later on in life or we hear from their parents later on in life where they say things like, this person is now a lawyer, and we attribute that to all of the confidence they gained being in your shows over the years. Well, that's astounding. Mm-hmm. So we do see that. We do see people that stand out, but, but mostly what we see is standout performances just in terms of they're up there and working.
0: And, Mike, where does it start when a young person comes into a theater program such as yours? How do you initiate them into the world of theater?
6: Yeah, for us, it's it's relatively easy. You know, we, someone pays us to come to town. So uh, Lily's school was East Glacier Park School, and they they pay us to come to town, and two tour actors show up in a pickup truck, and the whoever the contact is has arranged an audition, and we go in and, and audition all the kids that show up. Now, many of the places, because we can cast up to 65 children, we take all of them, and they all wind up on stage, and they all wind up there. Sometimes when we go into places and we have 100 or 120 audition, we can only take 65 because we travel with all the costumes and everything to make the show happen. And that's a more difficult situation uh, because not all of them can be cast. But getting them in the door, especially when it's less than 65, um, that's everybody's. Everybody's there. And so they work all week on a show together, and it's a full-length musical for children. And then they perform it on a Friday or a Saturday. They auditioned on Monday. They worked on it Monday night, and they worked all week. So they get that full experience from the audition, uh, doing the work, putting on the costumes, seeing the sets, and then performing on stage all in one week span.
0: And do you have a lot of partnerships with tribal communities there in the state of Montana and elsewhere?
6: Yeah, we go to, we go to tribal communities all over the nation. We are, uh, like I say, we go to a thousand different residencies every year. And so we're all over the place, every single state. Uh, we go, you know, up into Alaska and we go out in the world and we're internationals also. So we're, we're in a lot of places and dealing with all kinds of folks.
0: Let's take our first caller of the day, Chanupa, listening in Pine Ridge, South Dakota on Keeley Radio. Hello, Chanupa. Welcome to Native America Calling.
11: Hey, thank you for having me on and taking my call, Sean. Uh, you know, for these young ladies and uh, people being competitive in the mainstream, I wanted to say, hey, a wopila tanka to you girls and you men that are. Making man recognition for indigenous people in indigenous indigenous country. Many years ago, there was a documentary called Red Cry, where the late Cecilia Martin and uh, Lorraine Whiteface, uh, grandmother Marie Randall, and uh, a number of participants were speaking highly about what the future can hold for us as Lakota people, and for many others that are embracing what. This young lady did. Ah, she's going to take it. Let's put it that way. And let's not forget, you know, Little Littlefeather and the young lady that starred in that movie, The Outlaw Josie Wales. They made an attempt to show themselves over the years, and some of them did, you know, correct, you know, the mainstream because not everybody really shows their enthusiastic willpower about Native people. And so maybe these young generations can expose that more in an open light. And thank you for taking my call from here on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation and Wopila Tanka to your young ladies for representing us in good standing. ho ka <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that call, Chanupa. Natopia, I want to go back to you and um, what got you involved in theater? What was it that inspired you to, to take that step and, and go up on stage and begin performing?
10: Um. Well, I first had the interest well kind of always Um, and then I had a theater class in middle school and it was such a great experience and it opened my mind in ways that I didn't know that it could be opened. and so um, unfortunately that class had got um, wasn't funded anymore in my school and um, my mom had um, let talk to me about Red Eagles.
0: Orange. All right, I'm going to go back to Mike Morelli now, folks. I'm sorry we are having some issues there with our phones today, but uh, Mike, listening to to Nativia talk uh, about her history and in, in getting involved in the theater and. How do most of the kids um, first get involved? I mean, do they, is it through a school program or an after-school program? I know you partner with all these different communities, but what's the main, uh, the main catalyst? Is it a school program or something else?
6: Yeah, for us, it's a school program. It's the schools bringing in us or PTA organizations, parent-teacher organizations, uh, bringing us in. And that's mostly in the school year. We do uh, go out in the summer as well, and that is often summer camp situations all around the nation. And schools are great that way when they recognize, "Hey, we need to do something," and and this has value.
0: Now, do you have any other native productions, um, like scripts and, and stories that are that are native themed that you're working on with in partnership with tribal communities? We don't
6: at this time, and that is something we would love to do. And that is, uh, you know, moving forward in the world, uh, developing scripts that that speak to to native thoughts or themes, that would be amazing. And uh, if anyone is listening out there and would like to do that, Mike Morale, Missoula Children's (laughs) Theater, please.
0: (laughs) Let's take another caller, Clifton, who is listening on station KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hello, Clifton.
7: Hey, uh, I'm just so tickled about this whole conversation about theater training. Uh, I am a Bachelor of Arts in Fine Arts with a theater major, Myself and uh, have managed to make a career uh, out of things that I learned in theater, which include uh, the 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 you know the, the the star of the show doesn't get to go on unless the stagehand opens the curtain. So we all have to have respect for every single role in our enterprise, plus the uh, uh, collaboration, the learning under pressure to achieve something that's bigger than any individual I think is some of the best training for anybody to have going out in the workforce and honest to gosh I look around sometimes and I wish everybody had been able to do a couple of shows so thanks for bringing this to the fore and it's so wonderful to hear about all the successes that are coming out of theater training thank you
0: thank you for that call Clifton and Nicole, our caller Clifton mentions that uh, there's a lot of folks that are involved in a theater production, not just those who are up on stage. And um, it sounds like it's just a great training ground for young people to develop and explore their talents. Would you agree with that?
9: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, Red Eagle Soaring's mission is to empower Native youth to express themselves with confidence and clarity through traditional and performing arts but we're we're starting to not just focus on the performance aspect of the stage we're starting to do exactly uh what he was saying is is open our our youth eyes to all of the different jobs there are in theater right we need a stage manager we need somebody to do light design we need somebody to run sound we there's so many different aspects costuming designing um you know that 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 makes a production happen And so we're trying to, yeah, offer more of those programs to our youth.
0: Have you ever been in a stage production before, been involved with a theater troupe? Are you a fan of Lily Gladstone? Give us a call. We are talking about Lily Gladstone and theater programs in Indian country, and we sure would like your input. 1-800-99-NATIVE.
8: This program is supported by AmeriCorps VISTA. You can kickstart your career by joining thousands of AmeriCorps members in the VISTA program serving to alleviate poverty. AmeriCorps members help organizations make change right in their own community. A service opportunity that fits your ambition can be found at AmeriCorps.gov VISTA today. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-O-R-P-S dot G-O-V slash V-I-S-T-A.
0: You're listening to Native America Calling, and we are talking about Lily Gladstone's Golden Globe win today, and there's still time to join the dialogue. If you're a Native actor or maybe just a movie buff, tell us how this historical moment inspires you. Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. We'll get your comments on the air. And no conversation about... Killers of the Flower Moon and Lily Gladstone will be complete without a representative from the Osage Nation. So let's go down to the heart of the Osage Nation, Pawhuska, Oklahoma. We have Shannon Shaw duty on the line. She's editor of the Osage News. Shannon, again, thank you for joining us. And on Sunday night, I saw Osage Principal Chief Jeffrey Standing Bear was sitting with Martin Scorsese during the awards show. That was really cool. How big an event was the Golden Globes for the rest of the Osage Nation back in Oklahoma?
5: Oh, it was, it was monumental. I mean, as we all know, this is our history being told on screen. And the fact that our principal chief was there, everybody at, at our Osage News Golden Globes watch party screamed we were so, We just the mention of his name sent us all into just excitement and jubilation. So, I mean, and also being Osage, you know, it's hard for us to be objective to the film or anything surrounding the film. And we're all still going through the effects of seeing our history played out on screen and dealing with all of the national media attention well, and international media attention it has brought and all of the questions. So, we never quite know how we're going to feel or react when we see things like this. So when we saw she standing there on screen, it, it all just brought us happiness, pride. Like we were, we were just really excited about the whole thing.
0: Did you have any doubts that she would win? I mean, were you at all surprised or did you, were you pretty confident that she'd take it home?
5: No, I was pretty confident because at the Golden Globes, as you know, there's two uh, categories. So I knew she wouldn't be competing against Emma Stone or Margot Robbie, you know, because uh, everyone's been talking about their performances in and Barbie and in and, and Poor Things. So in her category, I didn't see that she had any competition other than Carrie Mulligan, who was in maestro. So I was pretty confident that she was going to win, like 99.9% sure she was going to (laughs) win. So I made sure to record the reaction to her announcement. So that's what we played on our YouTube page and on our Facebook page is the reaction from our watch party from when she won.
0: Now, Lily Gladstone, of course, is uh, from the Blackfeet Nation, northern Montana, Osage country, uh, pretty far apart, very different culturally. How has she been embraced by the Osage community since the release of, of Killers of the Flower Moon and, of course, all during production?
5: Well, you know, she's not a normal person. I mean, she will act. She will tell you she's a normal person and she, you know, oh, I'm just Lily Gladstone. No, she's not. She really isn't. She is. She has this um, unnerving uh, empathy just in her everyday speech. Just when you meet her, just the kindness that radiates from her. Um, You know, I think that if she had came in like a prima donna, I know everything, don't tell me, it would have been a totally different story. But no, she came in humble. I mean, humble, ready to learn, ready to learn our Osage language. She was an adept pupil, you know. She was very sincere about every move she made, intentional. She had time from for everyone, for the for to the elder to the to the baby. I mean, she was <laughs> accessible, you know, and that just totally put everyone at ease. She showed up for all of our Osage events. She danced with us at our e She was involved helping cook at camps like she was totally embraced and she's I think that's why she's so beloved by our people.
0: Shannon, your children as I understand it were extras in the movie so it sounds like you spent quite a bit of time on set.
5: Yes we uh, my husband and I were extras and so were two of my youngest children and my daughter. So um, long days on set. It was the summer in Oklahoma. I don't know where you're from, but summers in Oklahoma are like the armpit of America. Like it is <laughs> hot. It is sweaty. It, there's bugs. There's all of it. And, you know, it was long, long days and nights too. They had a lot of night shoots as well. And we were up until three, four five in the morning. So, yeah, uh, it was pretty grueling. I have mad respect for people that do
0: these long shoots. I've been to Osage Country once in my life. I was in Hominy, Oklahoma uh, a number of years ago, but it was like in January around this time of year. So I, I avoided the humidity and the heat, but I know how intense the weather can be in Oklahoma. So I can relate, Shannon. Let's take another caller, Kim, who is listening on station KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hello, Kim.
12: Good morning. Um, Thank you for sharing space with me today.
0: Absolutely. Kim, I understand you are an actor.
12: Yes. um, I am an actress and a director. Um, I'm also artistic director of Two Worlds, which is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And they're very excited to all celebrate with Lily Gladstone and other aspiring actresses that are up and moving with uh, the industry and supporting cinema, uh, cinema arts as well as theater in a very, very wonderful way.
0: Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of involvement in community theater. And we've been listening to our other guests just talk about how beneficial it is for young people to be involved. Would you agree with that? Just getting young kids out there performing?
12: Oh, yes. Um, we've been trying to integrate more of that programming into Two Worlds, which is a Native theater performing arts organization. And uh, we actually have been teaming up with other Native organizations like Native Realities, um, Dr. Lee Francis, who is the CEO and founder. Of And we've been just trying to integrate more puppetry theater and theater that could be brought to um, more rural communities and uh, teaching the idea behind um, what theater and acting all means um, and uh, making sure that um, um, our seven generations see us um, representing our community in the right way with our scripts and with the writing and directing for and by our people. So we're hoping that uh, we can continue that avenue um, and have it grow in in years to come.
0: This all sounds great, Kim. And let's talk a little bit about Lily Gladstone's performance on Killers of the Flower Moon. What did you learn from watching her on film?
12: You know, it's uh, interesting. I went to go see the movie by myself completely alone. I love to see movies like that sometimes because there's a lot of uh, voices in the room that could be, you know, oh, well, this and that. But I really enjoyed her performance. I think she's amazing, um, natural, and she her abilities to go from a range from um, the very um, uh, the dramatic part of her acting all too comedic. Um, I've also watched her through The Red um, Dogs. As well, and I think she's a brilliant uh, performer, and I'm really, really thankful that she was able to um, receive and um, and and shine for um, not just herself, but she um, also is shining for all of us at the same time. Very, very proud of her.
0: All right, that is Kim listening on KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Let's go back now to Shannon Shaw duty in Pawhuska, Oklahoma. And Shannon, uh, Principal Chief Jeffrey Standing Bear, we had him on the show right when Killers of the Flower Moon came out. We also had some other folks from Osage who were involved in the production. And, of course, this movie has brought so much attention to the Osage Nation. And now that you've had a little bit of time to digest it all, What's your overall feeling? Have there been overall just good outcomes that have resulted from all of this exposure?
5: I think so. I haven't seen anything uh really that negative yet. I know that our community was uh, a little leery of tourists coming and disrupting our our sacred sites and and such but uh there have been a few incidents, and uh the Osage nation reacted quickly we uh We put out a a visit- a visitor's guide that really uh, ask people to respect our places, you know, respect, respect the Osage people. We're private people. And, and we know that you want to uh, pay homage to uh, those of, of the victims of the reign of terror and, an homage to Molly Burkhart and her family. But please do not go out to the cemetery where she's buried and, and where we have our ceremonies. There was a there was an incident where a woman came into our Osage Nation Museum, and she was holding a handful of dirt, and she told one of the workers that this was from Molly uh, Burkhart's grave, and that she wanted to know if uh, she could, uh, you know, get someone to look at it, and 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 you know, just things like that. We. Those are our worst fears, and so mm-hmm. that's only happened a handful of times. But for the most part, um, a lot of the visitors and tourists that come to our reservation have uh, nothing but kindness, really. They're, they're curious. They just want to know more, and we're okay with that. You know, Osage, uh, we're giving people. We've been educating people on on our ways for a very long time. My uh, grandfather was a professor of cultural studies at, the, at Wichita State University, and we have Archie Mason, who's been teaching kids across Oklahoma and across the country about our Osage ways for many many decades. So we do have a giving heart when it comes to educating people about about who we are in our ways, but. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, the nation itself. You know, they're just doing the best they can with all of the inquiries. You know, they're bombarded with uh, by press. You know, wanting to know this and that about the Osage, about Lily Glenstone, about Principal Chief uh, Standing Bear, and they just gotta remind people we got a nation to run. You know, we're we're busy. We're a thriving uh, tribal nation, and and we're we got a lot to do. And while this is all great and fun, you know. Um, We have work to do. So we're just finding that balance. At first it was a barrage and we didn't know how to to handle that. Even though we knew it was coming, it was still quite a shock when it happened. Mm -hmm. But we're all gaining our footing now and kind of going with the flow. And I think that some good things are going to come out of it. And and those are all being developed. You know, our Osage Nation Museum is going through a huge renovation, a multi-million dollar renovation is going to be a a beautiful state of the art facility. And there's going to be a lot about the reign of terror in there. So, I mean, we are uh, trying to take advantage of this opportunity, this, this historic moment in time that we might never get another moment like this, you know, so we're just doing the best that we can and trying to be intentional and be present and recognize what's going on.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a moment to seize on the momentum and just the attention that's been generated and the reign of terror. It's just, it's an event that I think for just so long, just people didn't really have a firm understanding or or a knowledge of that history. And the fact that this film and, and everybody involved with it has been able to to galvanize that interest is just truly astounding. And uh, we have time for, for one more caller here. Shell, who's listening up in Fort Hall, Idaho, on station KISU. Hello, Shell. Good to have you on the air.
2: Oh, yes, you yeah, I'm, uh, Sean. How are you this morning, Sean?
0: I'm doing well, Shell. Good <laughs> to hear your voice.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, the, what I know about, About the Oscars is a panel of about uh, a membership of about 35 to 40 people, some CSAs, some executives, and some, you know, some of other genres. And, you know, and they all come together and they decide how the event's going to go and who's going to be in it and who's going to be invited and stuff like that. And, but I, you know, I believe that. that Lily has a good chance to get an Oscar, but there's, you know, there's other, you know, like some of the ones that were, that didn't make it at the Golden Globes, like, uh, like 1923 or Yellowstone or Bass Reeves. Well, Bass Reeves made it, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be like, who's, who's, who's who, who they going to bring up at that time, you know, to, to be a part
0: of that. Shell, you make some really good points. I really appreciate you calling in today. And let's also remind our listeners here, uh, we keep talking about, you know, Lily and the Oscars coming up. Let's remind ourselves that the official nominations for the Oscars have not been released yet. They won't be released until... Later this month. So, we don't actually know that Lily will have the opportunity to compete for an Oscar. Of course, uh, obviously winning a Golden Globe, I think she's probably a shoe in, but technically, we won't know until later this month. And then, of course, the 96th Academy Awards presentation, the ceremony, the event will be on March 10th. Shannon, are you or any other folks from Osage planning on going to the Oscars this year?
5: Yes, we are planning on going to the Oscars. I haven't gotten the official, like, designation of where exactly my team will be. Like, is it just red carpet or is it red carpet and ceremony or red carpet with interviews the next day? You know, we don't know exactly what designation we'll have yet, but I'm like 99.9% sure we're, we're going to the Oscars. And um, just I just wanted to add one little thing about these performances is uh, Kara Jade Myers. I was very disappointed that she wasn't nominated for a SAG Award uh, this morning. I don't know if you guys saw the SAG Award nominations came out today, which is a big precursor to the Oscar nominations. So I just wanted to say that I thought Kara Jade Myers did an excellent job of portraying the first daughter of an Osage family. Like she was spot on, beautiful, fierce, talented, strong. I just loved her performance, and I just really wish she would get recognized.
0: Now, this was the role of Anna Burkhart? Was this Molly's sister? That? Or B- Brown. Okay. Mo- yes, Anna-, Anna Brown. Anna Brown. That's right. Okay. All right. Yeah, thank you for that clarification, Shannon. Really appreciate that. I I, I remember back in the day, they they would allow people who didn't actually have tickets or weren't like VIPs, because they have to have all those seats in the auditorium filled for the Oscars. And and they let some people just in at the last minute, if there are any no-shows, to fill those seats. So I don't know, maybe that's another opportunity to check out the Oscars if you just happen to be in California in March and you've got a, a tuxedo to wear or something nice to put on and you can just go hang out and maybe get one of those cheap seats there at the Oscars. But at any rate, we're going to have to wrap up our show today. That is the end of our conversation on Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon. Big thanks to all of our guests today, as well as our callers. Hope you'll join us here on Native America Calling again tomorrow. We'll have a conversation about progress and having institutions repatriate ancestral items during the past year. Hope you'll tune in.
8: Support by the Intertribal Agriculture Council. Have you or someone you know experienced discrimination in USDA lending programs before January 1st, 2021? The USDA Discrimination Financial Assistance Program, DFAP, is a limited one-time program to provide financial support to ranchers, farmers, and forest landowners discriminated against by USDA lending programs. Interested producers must apply by January 13th. More info and application assistance at indianag.org.
10: Happy New Year. Now is a great time to start the new habit that will keep you healthy. Eat right, get plenty of exercise, enough sleep are the key to health lifestyle. Talk with your health care provider about change you can make to the new year Be on your best site. For more information, contact your Indian health care provider or visit healthcare.gov. A message from a center for Medicare and Medicaid service.